Welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, where today will be part two of our discussion of Silence and Solemnity in Craft Tree Masonry by Sean Iyer. Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, a casual conversation around Freemasonry. First, it's important to note that our thoughts and opinions are our own and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodge or respective craft or concordant bodies. Please connect with us and ask questions via our website at theworkingtoolspodcast.com. Today on the Working Tools Podcast, we have our usual cast of characters. I'm Matthew Apple. I'm in Mill Creek Lodge number 243 in Montlake Terrace, Washington. We have Stephen Chung from Prince Charles number 153 in Kelowna, British Columbia. Uh, Jared Dunham from Penticton number 147 in Penticton, British Columbia. And David Colbeth from King Solomon number 60 here in, in Auburn, Washington. Um, so we sort of discussed last week uh, some of the dis- aspects of the article, um, Silence and Solemnity and Craft Freemasonry. And we started to, we just barely touched on going down the, the road of all the, the conversation about the Greek um, goddesses and the symbolism there and sort of cut ourselves off. So I, I guess those of you, uh, David and, and Jared, who are, <laughs> who are starting to go down that road, <laughs> I hereby toss the ball to you. <laughs> and uh, what, what, uh, what is it we wish to discuss about that? Well, I should probably go first because mine will be really short. My, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It just—I was just saying that earlier on the on the other episode that it was cool how well it was interesting to me that how how the ancients looked at a symbol and they said, "Oh, that looks like somebody having a finger over their mouth," when actually it was a symbol of the child where the finger was on their chin, and it was the the, the it was a symbol of youth not a symbol of silence, but they thought, oh, we're just going to repurpose this, <laughs> which happens quite a bit in, in life. And in, in it's, we repurpose symbols and repurpose things to mean what we want it to mean sometimes. But, uh, but it's interesting. I didn't know about that. And then as we were in the blue room talking about it, Jared had said that there was a second, uh, a second symbol as well. Well, they, am I on? Yeah. Well, they talk, it, the article brings up the two, the two gods. I wish I could. I really should make better notes one of these days. I don't know. How, this is again. I'm going to kill her name. And, and is it Angora or Ang? Is it Ang or Ang? To find them before Angorana or Angorana. I mean, oh, Ang. Ang I, I would have pronounced it Angorana and Harpocrates. Yeah, but it was a yeah. It was a um. I Harpocrates or Hippocrates. I don't know. I don't I mean, know either. I'm an Englishman. I pronounce everything like an Englishman. Exactly. Harpocrates. Harpocrates. I like the Harpocrates. Har- I'm sure there's some Harpo- Greek scholar out there going. <laughs> Harpocrates. I like, I mean, it could be because Harpo, Harpo Marx, they say that his brother, Groucho. No, seriously. In the article, it says. I know that, it does. That, it, that it he, does. that they laughingly said that he was named after Harpocrates or Har- Harpocrates or whatever they want to call it because of his youthful wittiness. But of course it was, he was named after he was named that way because he played the harp, but uh, but it was interesting that that was part of. I guess that was actually in the wiki. People can look up the wiki, right? Or in and, the note. I think it might have been in the notes. I don't think I read it in the notes, but it, it was like reading through this article. Guys, I personally don't remember ever seeing these allegorical figures. No, in anything that I've read, and I found it fascinating in the article where they mentioned uh, the fact that um, uh, Angerona. Uh, I'm not going to Angerona had a 
uh, feast, her feast day, which was anger, analia, but it was the December 21st. So I, I, as soon as I read that, I madly grabbed anything I could find and trying to look up and see if Harpocrates had a June one to see if the, you know, maybe we've, they were, they were the um, two figures before it, the, the Saints but, John. But wasn't, I thought it was on Viola day or whatever. Yeah, I'm really beating up these gays <laughs> Creek. I thought it wasn't actually on her day. It was, she was celebrated on that day, but the day was actually related to the other Greek goddess. Volopia. Uh-huh. Well, I said, well, I don't know. I said, yeah. The, the temple of Volopia. Volopia. Yeah. Yeah. Which I assume came, that's why I got the word voluptuous, right? Probably. I, was, I would assume. But if we don't know, we should remain silent on it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, yeah, I was, I was fascinated at that, you know, and to find out that they're, they're the Scottish Rite Temple that has, you know, this statue of this Greek goddess as you're entering, the, as, as a reminder of, you know, what, you know, the what was solemnity and the Scottish Rite and the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania and Grand right. Lodge of New York. And there was like five or six, wasn't there, that were commissioned statues. Yeah. They were commissioned. You know, so this isn't, you know, and this isn't sort of some weird, fringy kind of um imagery it's you know it's popular it's just i've, I've never seen it and i find it I, I find it fascinating because it's just once again this like are you being silent to keep the secret are you being silent to learn like you know it's 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 so many levels that you get from just this one example I think it's all the above too, right? And and it's it was also I mean, we're not talking about a goddess and a sister anymore, but the idea of in the profane world, there's many levels of silence. When you go to see a movie, you go to church, you go to into a a, a, a funeral, all these different places that you are expected to be silent, and so they're using it as the literal world silence, but. As you as we talked about in the other show, silence doesn't necessarily mean quiet. It can also mean secret or keeping the secrets. Well, yeah. Well, that was like um, when he quotes, uh, you know, our installation where with the the Tyler, who we always think of as the person to keep people out of the lodge. And but when you read through the installation ceremony for our Tyler, it's not only is he keeping Cowans and eavesdroppers away from our lodge, but we're supposed to take that to heart ourselves and keep out of our minds things that do not belong in the temple of our minds. I just remember, isn't there a, there is a symbol somewhere where they have the Tyler sword across your lips, isn't there? Is it, um, on, on the audio, nobody can see it, but we all have our heads cocked like a dog with a weird whistle. I don't I think there is, I don't know, I, I should have looked that up. I just, You've I didn't even think about it just now. a naked heart in the, yeah. the sword of the, the Tyler sword with the, but it's piercing the heart, isn't it? Or is it piercing or so. protecting? I think it's piercing the heart. Um, no. But I think there's a symbol where it has the Tyler sword, which is the wavy, the wavy sword, the fiery sword they call it, the the wavy sword. As you can see, my finger, as my fingers wagging in the, <laughs> the the fiery sword. This the wavy sword is representative of the fiery sword, which is the Tyler sword, which is what they use frequently. But I thought that there was one that with the lips, it covers your lips. In in regard to that, what you're just talking about, the book of Constitution's guarded by the Tyler sword. Yeah, and there's the sword pointing at the naked heart. Those are the only two I can think of. Which would relate to the idea of Jared's comment about keeping not just keeping quiet, 
but also keeping quiet, as in secrets, keeping quiet about what is contained in our rituals in the Book of Constitutions. Right. So there's and, uh, so many levels. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an onion. Onions have layers. <laughs> oh, geez. We brought out the ogre in him. <laughs> there's the... the uh, Oh, see, you got me all distracted there. So the, the, there's also, I mean, leaving unset. I mean, there's silence in the sense of silence and attentiveness and in reflection. There's also silence in the sense of not saying the stupid stuff that maybe you would have otherwise said. Uh, for instance, you know, on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kept thinking as I was reading, I thought, here we are blabbering on for 20 to 30, 40 minutes every week. And we're, <laughs> we're now talking about silence and solemnity. <laughs> Steve seems to be observing silence today, but other than that, we're <laughs> I, I did appreciate that, that it talked about how we are supposed to emulate that. And I, I, I did have some introspection thinking, you know, when I'm around people, am I careful with my words as I should be. I, I think I generally am, but certainly not as much as I could be or should be. And that will certainly be something I'll carry from this show is my opportunity where we're charged as a master Mason to help correct uh, those actions of our brethren. And even in the profane, it talks about how we're supposed to, especially in the, in the presence of the profane, how we're supposed to guard our actions and guard our, our words. And including myself, there's, there's several of our brethren that could, <laughs> could do good to those words. And so yeah, I, it's I, funny, you know, my wife doesn't understand that. I often take much time in, in, and reflect upon what she said before I respond. And sometimes she just takes that wrong way. Like, you know, you know what, you're not even going to acknowledge what I said. And it's like, no, I'm really thinking about, you know, the proper response and the right verbiage and words and how it all plays together when I put it together. You know, it's, uh, you know, I wouldn't, wouldn't want to give you the wrong uh, hasty answer, right? <clears throat> so taking time to reflect on the words, you know, it's a, it's a bit um, um, self-serving in that, but there's a little self-preservation in that too. <laughs> We were talking about the having the images of the statues and the images of the goddess at the entrance. And one of the comments I made actually in the notes about the article, not in the article itself, but I was reading, it was some really extensive notes. And it was talking about the section where we talked about it earlier in the pre previous episode that we that the lodge might have some social time while the candidate is in the and the chamber of reflection and then they move into the degree and then they into another part of the room and then come back again and it reminded me i wrote a note down it reminded me of you know in the old english times or old english where in when they had the mansions when the guests would come in they come in through the foyer and then they'd go into the parlor and then from the parlor then they would go into the dining room and then go back from the dining room back into the parlor and they would call it going through right and so if you ever watch any of the English shows or English TV or whatever, whether it's ac accurate or not. But uh, I would often hear them say, we're going to go through. And I was like, what? Going through? What? Going through what? And so it was, but it was the act of going from one space to the other. 
and it was very customary to do that. And so I thought, oh, they took that into the lodge room, essentially, where the tables were kind of like the parlor, if you will. And then the lodge room, even if it wasn't separate, was a considered a separate space. And they created a lodge room in that separate space. And they would go through from that space to the next and come back again. And in having these having these symbols of these ideas there to remind you to be silent as you passed and to be secret, if you will, as you passed was an interesting feature to have. I wonder if you know, we talked about the columns and the pillars. Maybe, maybe they're because it does talk about Jakin and Boaz in the article too. Maybe the pillar has become some likeness of that, or maybe that became instead of having this brazen statue of this female in Lodge, maybe the Jakin and Boaz pillars became somehow representative of the goddess because again i i've never seen it anywhere this was so new to me having this statue at an entrance i'm i'm totally going to try and find a painting or something to <laughs> to put up I would, be, I would really love to find a little miniature one with a little innocent incense pot that we could have some incense burning because that was the one Just that's got right put it, put it right beside the porch book exactly yes yeah. yeah if anybody knows of one out there i would i would totally be all over that the other part that really struck me was the again going back to my horrible pronunciation of this Greek, this Latin, excuse me, the vidi aud tasi tachi, the three words that it references. Right. Sean is just going, if he's listening to this, he's slapping his head so hard. Come on, guys, get it right. <laughs> and when I was talking about how the vidi, in it's it's Latin for seeing or visualizing. And really, it talks later about how it actually is, is more the understanding, the idea of, oh, I see. And it's not really so that you, I see, it's that, oh, I understand. And it reminded me of that section in, again, the first degree that we talk about how faith, faith may be lost in sight. I had a discussion years ago with a brother about the idea of faith and what is faith and how does faith work and all that. And and the, you know, we said, hey, well, faith may be lost in sight. And he, and he said, well, no, faith isn't lost. Faith actually isn't lost. It's that you no longer need faith because now you've seen what it is. You had to, you, you, in your heart of hearts, you believed it through faith. But now that you've seen it happen and seen the reality of it, you no longer need the faith because now you've seen it. It's faith is lost in sight through that. And so it, it struck me that that, related to this idea of, ah, now I see it. Now I understand. And so you didn't need to have that anymore. And then it goes on, went on to say that the aude word related to being daring or audacity, the, the root word of audacity, and that we should apply things. There's no benefit from benefit from uninformed daring nor from understanding without practical application. So you have to go do it to be daring or to be bold. And also the tache or tase, whatever, to be silent it is, ta and that's, I guess that's where I got the word taste because it was a root word of tas, tacit or taciturn. But to 
later talks about to see, dare, and be silent or understand it, boldly practice it, remain silent about it. So to that, to go back to what we're talking about with being the representative, being the example as a Mason. So first you have to understand, oh, that's what I need to do. This is how I need to act. And then to boldly do it or not do it if you are using words or doing things you shouldn't be doing. Uh, but then also some of those things we need to be quiet about or not go on and on about. Again, silence on a podcast is not good. <laughs> or we're, we're listening, we're absorbing, and we're contemplating. There you go. So that we can come up with some witty repartee afterwards. But yeah, um, yeah, it just goes back to the whole thing of that, you know, until you until you've heard heard and understand what is being spoken, you shouldn't speak. You know, that it 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 goes back to that whole, you know, everyone always, you know, everyone has a right to an opinion. And it's like, yes, but it's whether that the expression of that opinion is appropriate at that moment. And that I think is what we're, what Freemason, like this whole is about is understand, observing, experiencing and understanding when it's the right time to say what's on your mind. And quiet nodding. One thing I wanted to mention was your comment earlier. I think we were still in the blue room. We we're talking about how that the section about how they were doing the cornerstone thing that was really cool too. Oh yeah, the the silent the silent ceremony it, it blew my mind. I, I'm like I really want to see one of these now because and this is the problem is that I'm not sure exactly whether saying this is breaking my oath or not. So, but it just as soon as I read it, it was like, oh yes, I recognize that from the degree about explaining the lodge and its dimensions and everything but it and it's and, and i'm sure any freemason who's been through it would if they were to see a, ma a master mason stand there and make these arm gestures of you know left you know both arms extended pointing up to this to this um sky and down to the ground it would that in their mind would automatically click into oh yes and you know and it, it's there were no words required. All you had to do was silently point and free, almost every Freemason will go, ah, I understand. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was really cool. The, yeah. the idea of, and again, I, like you said, I had never, there's so many things in this I hadn't really seen or thought of before. And when I saw those symbols, like you said too, I thought, oh, those look familiar, but wait a minute. I'd never seen them before, but they look familiar or the idea of it. But I thought it was a really cool idea. We don't have that in our ceremonies, our ancient ceremonies at all. And so it was kind of like this new revelation of what is this and where does it come from? And so it must be in some other jurisdiction that has these silent ceremony, but I, the silent lecture, they actually call it, but I, I've never seen it or heard of it. It was a, well, I think, it's only in relation to the laying of a cornerstone in public so that it, it's sort of it's a public it, it's a public ceremony that the master does so that but that i guess only freemasons would understand what he's talking about maybe 
I guess the thing that threw me too is that it looks like a more of an Eng, a U.S. or more modern Mason doing the symbols, but the 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 actual article talked about it from was from an English lodge, right? Lincoln and from Lincoln in England. Lincoln right. is it Lincoln Province? Lincoln and yeah, the city of Lincoln. Lincoln's a city in England. This was eighteen forty one, so it's an old old right. idea. It's interesting. It, it hasn't. It didn't get translated over into our work, or it sounds like none of none of the multiple works that you all do in Canada either. Well, so. I haven't promised. I've, I've I've actually in all the years that I've been a Freemason, I've never witnessed a cornerstone laying. Mm. And unfortunately, I won't witness the one when they finally lay, when they do the official ceremony for our new Grand Lodge building because it's right at the end of tax season. Well, do you, have you ever we we do virtual? I get not virtual symbolic cornerstone layings. Have you been to a symbolic cornerstone laying? No, I've never I, nothing. Not a not a actual cornerstone. Not a symbolic cornerstone. They don't they don't seem to happen very often. I don't know what's I don't know what's weird about here in Washington. At least I've been to half a dozen. Wow. And they seem like they do a couple, two, three, four every year, all symbolic. I'm also, I don't know if any that have actually been true cornerstones where they have some kind of a. Right. Well, they're, they're doing one in Creston when they build a new fire hall. Um, it was scheduled to be last September, um, but that didn't happen, of course. So <clears throat> they're rescheduling it apparently for this coming summer. Um, but yeah, no, there's uh so you'll be able to go to Creston if you want. Well, yeah, I was, I was actually going to go to that one and then it got canceled. Cause I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't, care. I don't I care how long, if I have to take time off work, <laughs> I'm going. Yeah. I'll be going to that one too. Yeah. And, uh, uh, let, well, let, now that I know you want to go, I'll, uh, I'll get you a room at my buddy's place there. Okay. Lives, it lives in Creston. Past master of the lodge there, senior DMLA buddy of mine. And um, yeah, he's uh, doing the organizing for this event. So that'll be an interesting uh, thing. I, I always wanted to see one. You know, I've, I've read about them, but. Right. Well, you know, we're, we're getting a little bit close to the end here, I guess, on time too. Again, I it when I was looking for more background, I looked through all of the the uh i'm i'm having a blind blank again jared all of the uh the bulletin oh, oh the short talk bulletins. short talk bulletins i always <laughs> want to say tbs not sbt there's <laughs> stb i looked through all the short talk bulletins there was nothing about silence or, or solemnity or anything in there of course i didn't look for the goddess because i didn't know about it yet i didn't read the article i read i wanted to do some research on the idea of silence and solemnity first but then of course when i went to mackey's there's lots of good stuff in there and kind of going back to something we talked about in the first segment was that I thought it was interesting because again, silence and secrecy were interconnected. So, so intricately in the section on secrecy, actually it says in one of the spots, silence, see silence and secrecy. <laughs> and uh, something I underlined uh, in on page 1365 in Mackey's encyclopedia, nothing is hidden from any member. So if you, even though we talk about how there are secrets and even as we are learning, as we go and uh, advance through the degrees, there's technically nothing hidden from any member. 
Any member of a lodge is privileged by the laws to demand any information about what is done in his lodge. There are no hidden and unknown chiefs. The, it was interesting to me to hear that or to read that and think that it, we may feel or seem like we don't understand, but it's because we haven't dove into it right. or done. And so I, I, I guess what, I, what I'm getting at here is I appreciate, I really appreciate this this idea of secrecy and solemnity because it caused me to dig in and learn about things that I hadn't even thought about or considered before. So thank you, Jared, for that. Oh, you're welcome. You just don't know about them yet because you're not a high enough. Level. That's a great. <laughs> <laughs> well, but actually just on quickly, but that goes back to once again, in our, in our degrees where there's the, where we, when you're at the, the lodge door and they, they use the line asking ye shall receive. You know, so it, it's nothing is hidden if you're willing to look for it or ask for it. Here, here. Yeah. And on that note, I think we've reached the end of part two of our discussion of silence uh, in solemnity and masonry. Um, excuse me, silence and solemnity and craft Freemasonry, which is the article we've been talking about written by Sean Iyer. Uh, I Heartily encourage everyone who's a, a reader to go and read it because it's 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 got pictures that we can't do justice to. It's got a, a whole lot of stuff there, and as the guys were just saying, the the notes at the end are really detailed and extensive too. It's a really, it's a very well written article that I I would give two thumbs up to for all that gets you. <laughs> um, so if you have any again, if you have any as usual, of any comments or thoughts on uh, on what we've been talking about, please feel free to comment on it, and we will. Uh, we in, definitely enjoy hearing from people about their thoughts on what we've been not silent about. And uh, with that, on behalf of uh, Jared and, and David and Stephen and myself, I want to say thank you all for listening. And we look forward to talking next time on the Working Tools Podcast. Goodbye. <laughs>